Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning. It's so good to have you here today. I'm John Adams, lead pastor here at the Vine, and I want to welcome you here in person or if you're online Today, it's a, it's a privilege and joy to be together. And um, we, have, uh, we have been in a wonderful series, and we have come to the last message in the book of Titus. It's a series called Grace for Living. And as we've looked at this uh, series, we just, it's so, been so enjoyable. I hate to turn the page and go to the next, next book, but, uh, because Titus has become a real friend to me and I know to many of you because of the wonderful message of God's great grace. So we've been nine weeks in this book and now uh, we're just saying today as we close this up that we would grow in this grace for living. Now I want to remind you that, uh, that Paul wrote this book is like a dad to his son. He says in verse four of chapter one, his true son in the Lord, it was Titus. And he, had, he felt like a spiritual dad to Titus. And he poured into Titus the gospel in his life. And you might remember that we've outlined this letter of Titus this way. There are three chapters. Chapter one, grace that protects. God gives elders and leaders in the church not to, to frustrate you, but to protect you, to point you to grace. And he did that throughout the churches that he established. And then grace that is passed on in chapter 2. We looked at how older men and older women are to pour into younger men and younger women. And we see how it's not just a chronological age, but it's just people that are called in the church of Jesus Christ to invest their life in the gospel into others. And if you've ever had that happen to you with someone who's cared for you in that way, And spent the time to open the word of God and to really walk through the things you're going through in life. I mean, that is, there's probably few things that are more meaningful. And that are more a part of growing us in our faith. And then chapter 3, we've seen and we're finishing today, grace is practiced. You know, here we come to this place. Paul, in his typical way, comes to his final instructions, just like a dad. I know how my dad would do it. When I was leaving the house to go to Wheaton College, he was, we were packing my Ford Pinto, you know, a yellow thing with the little black half vinyl top, and uh, driving to, uh, from Los Angeles, California, to Chicago, and he gave me these final instructions. Son, remember this, 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 this. Okay, I got it, Dad. And here Paul was a great dad, and he's giving his final instructions to Titus. And he models for us a grace for living as he finishes this wonderful letter. And so today, as we look at this, we see that, that Paul doesn't just teach him this, he lives it. And Titus is like, this guy has been consistent. This guy has lived out what he has actually, he's practiced what he's preached. So today we're, we're, we're seeing uh, that uh, as we come to God's word, that this is more than just practice makes perfect. You know, you've maybe been told that, right? 
Practice makes perfect. And you know, it's, it, when you practice, you'll grow in things. But listen, you'll never be perfect at anything. And you certainly can't be perfect inside. But you can meet the God who is perfect today. Who says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14, he will perfect you. You can't be perfect And practice doesn't make perfect, but Jesus Christ, the perfect one, has come to perfect you. Isn't that good news? You can grow. You can be seen. He sees you. God sees you as he sees his perfect son as you come by faith in Jesus Christ the Lord. And this is a wonderful gift. This is all about God's grace and what he does. It's so good. It's so rich. So let's look at these very final words of the Apostle Paul to to instructing his young son in the Lord, Titus, and to instruct us today for the way that we should live. Listen and hear God's wonderful word. Titus 3, verse number 12. And when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, Do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Amen. Now you may remember last week that we saw from chapter 3, verse number 4, where it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God Our Savior appeared. That word appeared means he makes things clear and very visible. And remember we thought about how, you know, you look up in Atlanta and the stars in the sky and you see very little of them. Why? Because there's light pollution all around. But if you went, we reminded you that we went, Lizanne and I went to Utah a few weeks ago and we were in this canyon lands and seeing the glory of the skies and the lights and the stars because there is little to no light pollution. You know, the stars exist in the skies, but sometimes we can't see them. But with our relationship with God, we know he exists We know his grace is real, and sometimes we don't see it. And the reason is, is because of our spiritual pollution we saw. It's called sin. But even in all of that, God breaks through. He continues to pursue us. He continues to love us. He never stops showing us how wonderful his grace is. And when you come to uh, read these closing words and in chapter 3. You know, it could be easy to take this out of context and read it this way, something like this. You need to do a lot of good works, and you need to do it in your efforts. Come on, suck it up, and let's do this together. But that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying this. He's saying, trust the grace 
the perfect one who has come for you and he will perfect you. He will help you. In the midst of all the struggles and the strains, it's not by one iota of your merit or ability or strength or goodness. It's all because we serve a great and good God who is perfect and has come for us and he continues to perfect those who look to him by faith. Thanks be to God? Yes? Yes. So, and Paul repeats throughout this letter that we are to practice grace, as we've seen in the outline of chapter 3. He says it this way in verse number 14. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. Six times throughout this letter, he's used this phrase, devote yourself to good works. And Paul instructs Titus and the Christians at Crete and us as well today to do good works. But it's not, again, by our efforts. It's also another way saying doing good works is a way to summarize what we might call today, how do we love generously and grow in that? You know, as you see Paul in this, uh, these last few verses, you see he's a real man with some real friends. And there's some... Uh, you know, some tough names to pronounce here too. And, but Paul himself is, uh, you know, he's generous with relationship because he knew so deeply the grace of God. He, he had no doubts about his sinfulness. You probably don't either. But what he knew was how wonderful the grace of God was that God would save him. Do you know that? Are you filled with the rich generosity of the grace of God, knowing that in spite of your struggles with sin, the great God loves you with an everlasting love and will never fail to pursue you? Who does this? I mean, only our God. So we see here Paul is rich and generous with God's grace, and especially with the family of faith, he says. He says, and he urges us together to be generous too. So we're going to see here in this passage that grace will change our hearts to love generously. And one way we will love generously or do good works is we will love generously, verse 12 says, with our time. You know, time being the most precious commodity we have, don't we? I mean, we only have a limited amount of it. And I know at 62 years young that uh, time goes fast, man. It flies. And we have a certain amount of days to live our life well. And here's Paul saying over and over again, use your time for the glory of the kingdom of God and the glory of the fame of the great God of the kingdom. Verse 12 says, Paul eagerly wanted to see Titus. And Paul, remember that he trained Titus, spent a lot of time with him over and over again, teaching him you know, about preaching, about pastoring, about shepherding, about setting up elders. 
And now Paul, we see, is sending two men, Artemis, who's only mentioned one time in the Bible, and then a man named Tychicus, who accompanied Paul in his third missionary journey. We see that in Acts 20, verse 4. And that also he served at this, Tychicus served as a pastor in the cities of Ephesus and Colossae. So he's an experienced pastor. He was a really, these two men were huge helps to Paul. Paul trains them, trains them, trains them. He pours into them. And now we see just a couple life-giving principles of the way that Paul used his time. The first one is that Paul loved Titus as a friend and not just as someone to help him. You know, he didn't just, okay, I'm going to love you so you can help me out with the ministry. No, it's clear. It's clear from this passage that Paul loved Titus for himself. And he wanted just to get some time to build their relationship together. He tells Titus, we see, and that to meet him in the city of Nicopolis, which is a coastal city. And from the island of Crete, Titus would have to travel 450 miles, 250 miles on ship to Athens, and then 200 miles up the coast. And that's a big journey in those days. That's a big enough journey in today, right? And in those days, that could take 40 to 50 days. He's, and, and Paul is traveling from probably the same distance as well. But why? Because he loved Titus. And God called him and Titus to be together for what probably would be Paul's, what's called his fourth missionary journey. Probably went to Spain and eventually to Rome and was executed under the Roman authority. Maybe Titus was with him at those days. Some reason God was calling Titus and Paul back together. And I just love the way Paul, he would do anything to go be with his friends and follow the callings of the Holy Spirit. And he also, we can see here from this passage, that he, that he trained new leaders and he wasn't afraid to give people away. You know, if I were Paul and I trained Titus for all these years and now everything's going well in Crete, I might say, hey, just stay there. It's not broken, don't fix it, right? But Paul was saying, what is the Holy Spirit doing? How is the kingdom of God best advanced? And obviously, it was best advanced by him training Titus, equipping him, Titus serving for a few years on Crete and now coming to be with, travel to be with Paul for his next missionary journey. But it also was for Paul to train new people, spend the time, the effort, the sweat equity to raise up new disciples, Tychicus and Artemis, as we've seen, and then to have them become the new pastors there in Crete. I mean, this guy, Paul, he was so kingdom-oriented. He was all about God and a centeredness in God himself. That's what he was about. Let me ask you, are you using your valuable, really your invaluable time for the kingdom of God? Are you just using your time more for you? God's calling us more and more to say, how can I advance your kingdom for your glory by using my time that you have given me?
That's one way to love generously. Another way we see from verse 13 is that we will love generously with our resources. Another couple men, Zenos and Apollos, are described in verse 13. And they're likely the two guys that delivered this letter to Titus on, from Paul on the island of Crete. And we see that Zenos appears here only one time in the whole Bible, right here in verse 13. And he's called a lawyer. Now, if you're just called one thing in life, would you want to be called a lawyer? Maybe not. <laughs> but he's called a lawyer. And, and uh, he was either a Roman court lawyer or he was a religious Pharisee, an ex-Pharisee. They were called lawyers as well. And Apollos was a celebrated preacher. You know, two of my favorite preachers. Think about Apollos being a kind of a cross between John Piper and Tim Keller, okay? He could preach the word, man, and bring it. And we remember from the city of Corinth that Paul and Apollos both preached there. And the people of the church of Corinth kind of pitted them against one another. They were wondering, who's the greatest preacher? Is it Paul or Apollos? And you remember that Paul says this, these great words. He says, look, I don't care who's the greatest preacher. It doesn't matter about who gets the credit. It's all about the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says in verses 4 through 6, he said, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, and God makes it grow. It's all about God. It's his glory and his fame. And so Paul didn't see Apollos, this great preacher, who's now coming to, to Titus. He said, you know, you might say, hey, you know, nothing about treating him well. But Paul says, treat him with all the resources necessary to care for him and for Zenos. And then send them to the next city so that they too can advance the kingdom of God. You see, Paul was all about this. The, the grace of God that caused him to be a God-centered, kingdom-oriented man. You know, I want to grow in that. How about you? I want to say, Lord, let me, for the days and time and resources that I have, how can I maximize all of that for your glory and your fame? I hope you desire that too. Not because of trying to earn anything from God, but because we have been so generously loved. So we, we love generously. We love generously with our time and with our resources. And we also see that we love generously with our responses to others. And we see this in verses 14 and 15. Verse 15 Paul urges us and Titus to warmly greet others. Now, now, what he's not saying is kind of be like John Adams who likes to hang out in the welcome area, and he's an extrovert, and he likes to welcome everyone, say hi, and blah, blah, blah. See, you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be anyone but you. But he says, warmly greet each other. And what he means by this, as we see in the context of this chapter in this great letter, 
is it's more than just giving a higher a fist bump. <laughs> He's saying it's care for, greet, welcome people into your life, especially who are different from you. He talks about in this, in this great letter about men and women. He talks about the difference between Jews and Gentiles. Remember, Paul was a Jew. Titus was a Gentile. He talks about leaders and servants. He talks about rich and poor. He's saying here in Titus, the gospel is the great leveler of the playing field. We should be welcoming all people God leads into our lives, into our lives warmly as God shows us to. We are to love generously and welcome others into our lives regardless, regardless of their gender, background, ethnicity, or economic status. I don't know if you've noticed, but in this area where we live, this area is changing kind of in what it looks like. Instead of getting fearful or getting isolated, God tells us, look, this is like a gift of grace. I'm bringing the nations to you so that you can minister God's grace to people who are different from you. Are you willing? You know, friends, God says it throughout his word. It's easy to love people who are like us or who we like. But do we love the people who are very different from us? Now, that is a work of God's grace. And when and as we do that more and more and more, God's going to bless this church in our lives. He's well pleased with a church that cares for people who may look and act differently from us. I love how y'all have responded to the invite by Joshua Sandaraj of Friends of India. He's asked for people to, just a few weeks ago, he came here in our services and asked if you all would respond and some of you would tutor kids, student, or children of Indian families in this community for free, really. And he said they don't need necessarily, they can pay the money, but they need people who are skilled and who are willing to spend time and pour out their life and help in tutoring skills. And so many of you, I think 10 plus on just that morning signed up for it. Great job. And this is not a quick fix. We need to know that as he said, well, it's going to take probably years of developing relationship, but let's be in it together. Seeing however God calls us. You may not be one of those 10 tutoring, but how are you inviting people who are different from you into your life? To make the gospel of Christ known for his glory and his fame and for their benefit. See, are we welcoming others who are different from us? Paul did this, and Titus did too, as, as we've seen in the, throughout this letter. And remember how this letter began, as I said earlier, Titus chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, To Titus, my true child in the common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The way he begins this great letter, he ends it. 
And he says it very succinctly and beautifully. I love it. Titus 3.15. Look at these words. Short and sweet. Some of you would like me to preach that way. Here it is. Grace be with you all. This benediction or final blessing is shorter than every one of Paul's, but it's powerful. The focus is on God's grace. And notice the you is plural. It means you, y'all, all y'all. And he's saying this not just to Titus, to the church of Crete, but everyone who would call themselves a Christ follower, that we would center our hearts constantly in God's grace, that we would be changed by God's grace, who would work in us and then through us, that people in the world would see there is a difference. There is, you do believe in a God because your life is changed by God's wonderful grace. So I want to just invite you as we come to the Lord's Supper, which is another wonderful way for God has provided for us a meal to remember, as we've seen, we need this over and over and over again. Humbly thank God for his unceasing forgiveness given to you. And then I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, how does he want you to respond to his leading? And remember how he's going to provide his grace for you to help you do his good works. So how is the Holy Spirit prompting you to follow his initiative to do good works? What does he want for you to do? I'd invite you as we come to a moment of repentance and faith and prepare for the Lord's table that you would ask yourself that very question. It's not just practice. Practice makes perfect, but the perfect one has come for you and he will perfect you as you trust him. Let's pray. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.